everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And this is a Date with Dateline podcasting from the surface of the sun. Oh, again. It's that time of year. Is everyone else having heat advisories every day? Apartment, sun, won't you come (laughs) and bring Kimberly a Slurpee? Apartment, sun. Do you like a Slurpee? Occasionally. When it's hot. On days like this. Yeah. We were just talking about our first announcement, which is that we just recorded with our dear friend Kim from People Are Wild, Traveling Nurse Extraordinaire, the first two episodes discussion of Claim to Fame on ABC. If you haven't started, you still have time because we haven't released it yet. It's going on Patreon. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you've missed the news that happened a couple weeks ago when there was drama. It's such a fun show. It's, it's such if a you fun like show. traders, if you like competition show, if you like Big Brother, Survivor, it's like that. It's really fun. Also, if you're watching episode one and you're not really that into it, watch to the end. Yes. Watch to watch the very end. the very end. It's yeah. important. Yeah. And don't tell us if you know who somebody's related to because yeah. I am being, I have integrity, as Katie just said. She does. Because I'm trying not to cheat. She's so. trying not to cheat. And I would actually not like to know. I don't really want to know. Who, yeah. If I don't know this, fun. if I can't guess the celebrity that someone's related to, it's just not as fun. Yeah. I kind of want to, I want to yeah, feel smart if yeah, I guess it's it really right. Fun. And the second announcement is that also for Patreon, our monthly live stream will be this coming Sunday. So look out for that. And we are going to be talking about the story of the hypnotizing principal in Florida. High school hypnotist. High school hypnotist principal. Was he qualified to be a hypnotist? No, he was not. Maybe. Did things go bad? Yes, it did. What qualifications are required of a hypnotist? Join us for, and yes, I have trouble saying that word. Join us for our Patreon live stream to find out answers to these questions. Katie and I try to hypnotize you in the audience? Maybe. Question mark. Maybe. Also, third announcement, CrimeCon is coming. If you have not gotten your tickets, you can use our code. For some money off. Yeah, it's DATE is our code. And again, don't be afraid to come alone. There are groups online of like meetups, but we're going to be having a meetup, I'm sure, which we haven't planned yet. But we're going to be around and there are so many listeners that would meet up with you. I'm sure there are people going by themselves that would love to hang out with you. So it's very, very fun. And it's in Florida. You might get hypnotized by a high school principal. You never know what could happen there. Oh my gosh. Gators. If someone just starts talking to you really slowly, just back away. Just get out of there. Like if you're yeah. in an elevator and somebody... Someone's waving a pocket watch in your face. Right. If there are things that just That's feel bad. weird, if somebody b- pulls out a white noise machine, I'm just saying there are <laughs> hints here. Be careful. So we are doing another classic Dateline because Dateline NBC has gifted us with another repeat. Thanks. Dateline. But if you did watch it, it was called The Necklace and we covered it a couple years ago. Oh, I remember that. So you can find it there. Mm -hmm. This episode is called Twisted and you can find it on Peacock under season 22. It's season 22, episode 52, August 15th, 2014, nine years old, hosted by baby Dennis Murphy. Baby Murph. Dennis is more than enough. This is not to be confused with Twisted in Texas. Or Twisted Faith. Or Twisted Faith. Just Twisted. I wouldn't be surprised if there was another episode that was also just called Twisted. So look up season 22, Twisted. Yeah. 
I've said many things about Dateline, mostly that they're the best show on TV, but they are not the best at naming titles. So No, they have been okay. This one was... Very generic. In fact, was there one... There was one with like a quad, like a four, like two people that were dating. Somebody was dating somebody and someone was dating somebody else. And then there was like a whole murder scheme going on. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that one was called Twisted, but I could be wrong. It just was so confusing. I think it was called Convoluted. Oh, there we go. That's a Joni joke. That was great. So this episode is called Twisted. It starts with Dennis saying, downstairs in the kitchen, a crock pot is simmering. And so is a murder plot. That's what he should have said. A murder plot with simmering. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Dennis, new Dennis. Once Dennis became enough, he would have come up with that. He was this, enough then, too. He's always been enough. Dennis is setting the scene. Let Dennis yeah. paint the picture how he needs to paint the picture. I want to know what was cooking in he's that He's not bringing pot. up the M word yet. He has reasons. Yeah. Was it stew? Yeah. What else is in a crock pot? I have he no idea. He could have said what... murder was stewing. Someone oh. was stewing. A murderer was stewing. Do you want to write an email? Yeah, maybe. We watched this episode from seven years ago. I have some notes. That would be the <laughs> worst email in the history of the world to get. Is it any different no. than people saying, I just listened to your podcast from six years ago I just, and you got this wrong and this wrong? I just listened to the Charleston affair. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> Because I get those emails and comments almost every day. So Dennis needs to feel the pain that I'm feeling. Speaking of pain, Liz, our, one of our favorite longest time listeners, sent us some photos that no. have been discovered. No. no. Did you see them? No, I didn't look at them, Kimberly, because I'm, I don't want it. I saw your description. I saw that <laughs> there was a series and I said, nay, I shan't. You should follow us on social media if you don't know what I'm talking about. And then you're just going to be really mad at me. No, yeah, no one's going to follow. They're going to unfollow. Why are you yeah, telling them unfollow. to follow us? Don't go you've to Instagram warned. this week. The, just stay off it until the episode. The drops. comments were so funny, though. Like, <sighs> why don't you just say that you hate us, Kimberly? Comments are so funny. She does. I just edit it out. <laughs> no, Liz hurt me and I need to hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Wow. <laughs> so I had to hurt people. <laughs> but you're growing. I'm growing. So an 11-year-old... Into a monster. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't say what I was growing into. An 11-year-old boy, Bert Pittman, hears his mother being attacked in the house. And Dennis says, liar is a tough word in American culture. You think the kid's a liar? And he's talking to some sort of investigator or something. But it feels like he's talking to us. It feels like he's talking to me specifically because I know I have said that children are liars on he's this show. He's talking to you. I wrote down he's talking to Kimberly because <laughs> you know have I've said, said multiple times that kids are liars. Listen, I want to believe children, but I just I want to believe people, but people as witnesses, kids as witnesses, it's all very suspect. It's that rabbit faulty. thing you watched. Since you watched that documentary, which we're not going to talk about for the ninth time, but since you have watched that and if you don't want to hear more about that go to there's at least two a year where we discuss the rabbit absolutely but in our latest patreon what did that guy in shadow say that was part of the cia he said on a good day an eyewitness gets it right like 50 percent of the time right and that's with perfect circumstances yeah but anyways you think the kid's a liar that's how dennis starts it and then he says the spasm of violence which i liked took place in early Iowa, meaning the town is called early. 
And note that I said Iowa and not Idahoa. I'm growing. No, just I'm growing. Oh, it's good. It is population 500. Apparently, there are shirts that say Idahoa and stuff like that. I didn't make it up, or they have it in a different order. But apparently, lots of people make that joke. The people that live there. Oh, so there you go. I didn't get in trouble for once. Population 500, and apparently 500. I missed 500. that. Wow. Okay, there we go. That is smaller than my graduating yeah. senior high school class. I was just going to say, I think it's real close to yeah. my number. It was big news when two big shots had moved into town. The wife is from Chicago. The husband is from Australia, mate. Perfect. Sorry. Ambient light. Tap light. <laughs> That's the only sentence I can do. Australian is, I can't do it. Put a shrimp on the barbie. A dingo ate my baby. A car, what's a car? A car, what's a car? Which is not the explaining most that obscure joke. joke that we've ever made. But it's still really funny. We have several Australian listeners that are just wonderful, and I, you know who you are. And also our friend Sarah Carradine is from Australia. Not anymore. podcast friend. Not, not anymore. Not after hearing these accents, mate. What, what are you doing? That's well, I saw a video of Pine, a the band. Doing a TikTok where they were saying, like, we're going to Australia, but they were doing it in Australia. And the way they were doing their Australian accent was like, we're doing a shower in Australia. So everything had an R at the end. And they were like, we're so sorry. No one's going to come to our show. And I thought it was so funny that that's how they just made everything Australian. They were just, they were like, we're so sorry. We're so sorry. This is horrible. We're so sorry. Take it off um, TikTok. Take it down. Take it down. <laughs> I'm upset. That's I think bad. people liked it and still came to their show. But I was like, could I be Australian just by adding an ER to everything? No, that's no, ridiculous. That's like you can't be Canadian by just going, eh? Yeah, well, you kind of can. So they were big shots in town, like these transplants from the big city and the big Mm -hmm. continent that was not America. I guarantee you there was a local story in the paper, like a cover story about them moving to town. Who are the new folks on Cabot Road? Kimberly, 500 people. There's no paper. There has to be a paper, even if it's... 500 persons. Let us know if there's a paper. Maybe it's joint with another city, like another town that also has 500 people. 200 of those could be children. So 300 people, 300 adults. No one's running a paper. I feel like there's a paper. The early gazette, early morning worm. Press on. We'll find out. Press on. So these people, I would say, look too fancy. John and Tracy Roberts are their names. And they look way too fancy to live in a town with 500 people. They have this Sears photo that we're seeing where they're in all red and black and she's looking sexually at the camera. And I feel like the camera guy at Sears got a little uncomfortable. It could have been fancier than Sears. It could have been like a private family studio. There are so many photography shots in this episode. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just had a camera and put it on a timer and were doing it themselves. There were so many to where it was. No, because they have one of those backgrounds where it's muted colors. Right. Maybe they like have tie-dye. the pull down. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It was just a lot more than I expected. Michael, the dad, looks, he's kind of grimacing in a black turtleneck like Steve Jobs or like a Bond villain. And they have three kids and they all look very unhappy to be in that photo wait but she looks great in the photo she that's all that matters is she looks like a glamour queen and everyone else looks miserable 
we've all been there. If you haven't been forced into a family photo shoot, good for you. I'm sorry. So Michael, the husband, Michael Roberts, he was a computer whiz. He told the community when they arrived that he wanted to help build up their community and their economy, which could be nice, could also be patronizing. I don't know if they like that sort of thing. I don't know. Like, I'm here to save you, small town folks, with my big old computers. Except he said it with an Australian accent. Yeah. Tracy was a stay-at-home mom. Sometimes she would stick, skip aerobics class and go to a bar with her friend Mary. Mary is a very important interview. Yes, Mary Higgins. So Mary, the friend, says that Tracy was fun and beautiful. She loved Tracy. But she thinks Michael seems full of himself. He would brag all the time, and Tracy would tell him to stop. There's your smudgeness. Michael has Australian smudgeness. There you go. Mona Weedy who's also very important to the story. She's the local realtor, which would either be a very hard job in a town of 500 people or a very easy job because you know all the properties and you're probably the only realtor. So if anyone ever moves, you're there. Well, that is the nice thing about a small town like that. I mean, everyone has, there's one of each. Yeah. But then if somebody's sick, you're out. If there's one pharmacist, well, that's it. Also, this is our second realtor episode in a row. That's weird. That was unintentional. So Mona thinks Michael is great. She loves his religious convictions and his drive. And she speaks about him in glowing terms. Michael took Mona's son, Dustin, who is 20 years old, and he was struggling. He might have been heading onto a bow path under his wing. So Michael is mentoring her son, Dustin, and she thought that was amazing. So in 2001, in December, is when the attack happened, where Bert, who is 11 years old, tells his younger brother, grab a pen and use it as a weapon. And he grabbed a bat, and he can hear two male voices in the hallway that started banging on his door. And Bert starts cussing at the men like only an 11-year-old does with all the cuss words he can think of, which I don't know if it was a lot or a little, depending on the kids at school, I guess. Maybe the same one over and over. Maybe the same one over. You a-hole. You a-hole. Stop. Like not quite the right one. You B-word. No. Then he hears his mom running up the stairs and he hears shots and he calls 911. He said, someone came in and they tied my mom up. Tracy is alive but gasping for breath. She's brought to the hospital. Mona rushes over to the house looking for her son, Dustin. His car is there. But the cops tell her that Dustin is dead. It was Dustin, the 20-year-old that had been being mentored by Michael, who was out of town at the time, is dead. And Tracy has apparently shot him in self-defense. If that was also confusing to you, it's told in a very dislinear fashion at the beginning. It's Dennis. Yeah, he's sort of explaining things all over the place. And we're about to find out, like, who Bert is and the boy. It doesn't just doesn't tell us right away. Exactly. Yeah, it's all the story is a little wishy-washy as well. Right. It's hard. There are some unreliable narrators. There are some unreliable narrators. So all you really need to know is that Tracy and Michael live in a house with Bert. And two other children. Tracy's son. From her first marriage, which right. we'll find out. Which we'll find out. And then we know that Mona the realtor's son, Dustin, was being mentored by... Michael. Michael Roberts. And Dustin has been found dead at the scene, and apparently Tracy killed Dustin in self-defense. And for some reason, Dustin is in the house, even though he's being mentored by Michael, Michael but Michael is not there. 
So at the hospital, Tracy has a bright red choke mark on her neck, and they keep showing it. It is very bright. They do. Police tell her it was Dustin that attacked you and that you shot and killed. And she kind of didn't really know who it was because it was dark. And she says she feels terrible because she's she cared about Mona as a friend. And she's telling Dennis throughout the episode, she's sitting with Dennis and she's crying a lot about how badly she feels that she killed Dustin. Yeah. A lot. She is. She's true. So... She tells Dennis how one of the men strangled her with pantyhose, which is a throwback that none of us miss. She passed out and then woke up on the floor and heard Bert cussing at the men upstairs. She ran to her safe and the men grabbed her, but she somehow got into the safe, got a gun and fired a bunch of shots. She hit one of them, which was Dustin, and she says she heard the other man run out. Now, Bert apparently saw that Dustin was still alive and moving. More on that later. And Tracy is saying to Dennis, I just was thinking, when is it going to stop? And she seems to be crying real tears. So she fired a gun, in like a warning shot, and said, don't get up. And then she somehow did shoot him again. And it's all very chaotic. It's hard to know what's happening. Is it this point when we find out that she's shooting backwards over one shoulder in the dark? Later. She's doing a lot of matrixy shooting. Here. <laughs> yeah. So, or not matrix. What's that one where he like, like moves the bullet? Is that matrix? No. Yes, matrix. I was thinking more like in the old west when they put their arm up to steady themselves and they do this. Do yeah. You know they cross. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know what that is. So husband Michael, the Australian, was away on business and he said he's so proud of Tracy and Bert. No, stop it. I'm sorry. Normal voice. That was Southern. Full. He's so proud of Tracy and Bert and their heroes. And he doesn't know why Dustin, his mentee, would attack them. Also, is this our first Australian on Dateline? Is that why I'm so bad at the accent? Have we ever had an Australian? Maybe like one? It's rare. It's very rare. Let us know. Does this make you proud or unhappy, Australian nurse? I feel like probably proud to have a representation on Dateline. Jen, what do you think? Jen's one of our longtime Australian Jen, what do you think? Listeners. I think it's fine. I think Michael seems to be doing well for himself on Dateline so far. So far. Dustin's mom. Sorry, how long had Michael been mentoring Dustin? I couldn't figure that out. Had this been like a year? I think it had been a, maybe a year or less. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Dustin's mom, Mona, calls Michael. And she's grieving for her son, but she apologizes for Dustin trying to kill Tracy and please give Tracy my love. And it's just horrible. Can't imagine what Mona was going through. Her son has been murdered, but also he was a murderer. Where do you go from there? Yeah, don't know. Everyone in the town is very scared. This is the kind of town where they don't lock their doors. Tracy gives a news interview describing the second attacker. Everyone's trying to find the second attacker, but it's a very vague description. Generic male. Mona was shocked that Dustin would do this. He wasn't violent, but he was misunderstood, she said. He was bullied a lot. He was never invited to birthday parties or sleepovers. And he got a lot of different diagnoses from different doctors. And you just feel really badly about the whole thing. It's just very sad. It does give you a sad feeling in your heart. It does give you a sad feeling. But Tracy, from her point of view, says he was violent. He gave me the ick. I did not get a good feeling from him. I didn't want him around my family or my kids. And she says that Mona told her 
that Mona couldn't leave Dustin alone with his sisters because he would hurt them and that he had hit her too and she was scared of him. So this is from Tracy saying Mona had confessed this to her and that was part of the reason why Tracy did not like that Dustin was around. I'm going to be honest. I feel like we need some more opinions on this. Yeah, maybe an outsider opinion. We need several outside opinions. We need maybe a couple of people that went to school with yeah. him and then maybe a really good friend of Mona's. We yeah. just need a few other yeah. people to weigh in. So did he come to rob the house? The intruders had left jewelry and cash, but they do find a computer in Dustin's car. It's a very old computer. And Tracy doesn't really understand, like, I had a ring on me. Why didn't they take anything else but that old computer? And now we're going to get a bit of a trigger warning for SA that I'm going to be brushing over, but Mm -hmm. not because it's not important, but just because we don't like to talk about it. It's part of the story, but yeah. yeah. So Michael, the dad, the husband, thinks he knows who the second attacker was and maybe the mastermind behind the whole thing. Four years before, in Chicago, when they lived in Chicago, Tracy had sent Michael a fax to his work. Very strange. That was the time. You faxed incredibly important confessional documents okay. to your husband, who you live in the same house with. I don't really understand. But it was like a typed-up confession from a dentist yes, you heard that right, saying that he had SA'd Tracy when she was drugged, like on medication because he was doing oral surgery, in a very detailed and elaborate and strange, wild attack involving costumes. It's a lot. It's like out of the movies or something, but it's horrible that this happened to her. But the Confession is a lot. It's quite a detailed confession. It has so many details about what he did and admitting it. And he said he was going to go to counseling and he was going to give Tracy $150,000 and Tracy would keep it a secret. And Michael said, Tracy, you have to go to the cops. And she wouldn't. But she did file a lawsuit against the dentist, which is a little odd. I'm not trying to judge a victim's behavior. No, no, no. I don't understand. If you're settled with an outside mediation of $150,000, that's not to sue. That's not to talk about it. But she also filed a lawsuit. But why didn't she also go to the cops when she has a confession in hand? What's going on? It's The whole thing is very fishy. Okay. So a few days before the home invasion, they were supposed to go to court in Chicago. So... And she says the second attacker had a Chicago accent. So Michael thinks it must be the dentist trying to kill her so his career doesn't get ruined in court. Tracy was terrified, and Michael had her wear a panic button. But the police look into the dentist. They can't find any ties between the dentist and Dustin. So they don't think it was the dentist. Yeah, that's the best question, is how is the dentist... Finding out How that would he Michael, Dustin, the yeah. husband, is Mentee. mentoring. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Tracy also has another enemy, an ex-husband, John Pittman, who is Bert's biological father. Mm-hmm. And he is a controlling doctor who was a monster to be married to. Apparently, he cheated on her. And then we have another trigger warning coming, another trigger warning of S.A., 
Bert, after they got separated, because Dr. Pittman was horrible, Bert accused his dad of touching him inappropriately. Mm. And they had him evaluated by a doctor, and this doctor said it appeared to be true. So they had a very messy custody battle, which went on for years and was still going on when she was married to her new husband, Michael, and when she was attacked. So then... Is it this? So Michael now thinks it's the first husband. So dentist. Not dentist anymore. We now think it's Dr. John Pittman, first husband. Michael says he thought John was a monster, this first husband, because of everything Tracy had told him. Michael said, I have deep pockets and I'm not going to stop fighting for my new stepson, Bert. You're not ever going to get custody of him. And so did he hire the hitman so that he would get custody of Bert? And even Bert appears to think that it's his dad, John Pittman, because he's telling like the investigators, they're thinking it's John Pittman that had something to do with it. Now, if you're thinking it's weird that an 11 year old is describing their dad as John Pittman, I thought so too. Hold on a second. So I'm sorry, he's not taken to court for these actions against his son, these alleged actions against his son. They don't press charges against him. You would think that something came of it and he wouldn't have any right to custody of his son, but apparently he still had rights to his son. So we do find out more about that later. It is messy and we're going to find out more about that. Okay. Yeah. Because you're thinking if he had been accused of this, why could he be fighting for custody? That is what I was thinking at the moment. Yes. How is this happening? Yeah. So if you're noticing there's lots of holes. Is like Swiss cheese up in here. There's two court things happening, both of which feel like they shouldn't be able to happen. Right. Kind yes. of thing. I don't get it. Sorry. And what is she suing the dentist for exactly? Assault. What? Was it assault? Yeah. The way it was described in that fax. Okay. She's not suing him for money or something unrelated to the assault. No, I don't think so. I think it was just for assault, which she had already gotten $150,000 and didn't press charges for. Again, not trying to judge how a victim does this, but it's all a little strange. Yeah, okay. All right. So Dennis says, Bert told the story of that night of the attack like a story out of a rip-snorting violent comic book, and he and his mom were the heroes. Rip-snorting? Rip-snorting. Not rip-roaring. Rip-snorting. Snorting. At least that's what the subtitle said, and it's Dennis, so I'm going with rip-snorting. I'm into it. If I was wrong, I look forward to being wrong because I prefer rip snorting. I heard. I heard snorting. snorting as well. I stand by that too. So no arrests are happening. Tracy was apparently getting frustrated. She would drive by law enforcement offices late at night to see if their lights were on, to see if they were working, which that's not how you do it. You got to bring them like banana bread. Casserole. This is Iowa, right? Casserole. Mm-hmm. Iowa nice. Hot dish maybe. Is that only Minnesota? It's everywhere in the Midwest, I think. Okay. Also, that tells you little town. There's like two people that work at the police station. So they're Mm -hmm. either working or they're They're not. They're not working. Light is on, light is off. Investigators can't find anything that could possibly link the ex, Dr. John, to Dustin, like a money trail or phone calls. There's no evidence they knew each other. There's no evidence that Dustin knew either the dentist or the first husband. Mm Mm-hmm. Around town at the local diner, people are gossiping. Small town gossip train. And toxic gossip train. Toxic gossip train. Sorry, that song is copyrighted now. What is that? That's 
Colleen Ballinger's apology song oh. with the ukulele. <gasps> Are you not up on that? I'm not yet. Okay. It, wow. She sings it. She yeah, sings an a, apology song? 10 minute long apology video. 10 minutes so that it could be monetized. And she is now copyrighted it or whatever. So She's just out of touch. Yeah. All right. Around town, uh, the local diner, people are thinking that it is the current husband, Michael Roberts. Who is this big, mysterious Australian businessman that came to our little town? And then one of the investigators even says, what's the draw? Why would he come here? Wow. He might as well have said, our town smells like cow poop. Why did he come here? Yeah. Why did know. he? He shaded his own town. Yeah, he doesn't like it there. His boots are too big for that town. He's You're ready supposed to, to say, on. we might be small, but our heart is big. And these small towns will envelop you like a mama bear. And that's what the lure is of these small towns. Yeah. And instead, he's like, why would he come here? What did Dennis call it? The American Crossroads? Something? America's Intersection of Love and Goodwill? What was it? Sure. I missed a miss. That, that <laughs> Something like right. that? Okay. Yeah. A friendship and family? Yeah. Why did, hold on. Why did they go there? I don't know. I mean. I don't know. Did they know anyone in town? Was there some connection? No, they were. They lived in Chicago before. I don't think. I don't know why. They came to cause havoc. Something's yeah, weird. Maybe. That feels yeah. weird. It feels like when a cult moves to your town. Right. And you're like, why did they pick us? And then all yeah. of a sudden there's 10,000 people wearing yellow. Yeah. Like that documentary with mm -hmm. the, the one guy and that lady, Sheila. Yeah. So Mary also thinks that it's Michael. Mary's the friend. And she had heard from Bert how Michael would punish him by sending him to school without a coat and below freezing. Also that he was like abusive to him. And one day Mona, the realtor, saw Michael and Tracy fighting and then Tracy filed a police report the next day and said that Michael put her head through the drywall and Michael was arrested. Wow. More on that story later. Bert tells, who's now grown up, Bert's like 21 now. We get he interviews with Bert. With Bert, the son. And he tells Dennis that Michael physically abused him. And he now believes it's Michael and not his dad, John Pittman. So everybody is seriously just. This is so confusing. I had to go back so many times because they keep changing their mind in the yeah. space of like 10 minutes. Yeah. It'll be Michael says, no, it's absolutely the dentist. Wait, hang on. It's Dr. Pittman. Yeah. And then the son, Bert, says, no, it's my dad. No, wait, it's my stepdad. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Okay. Maybe that happens over time, but everyone's position seemed to change like the wind here. So Michael had been mentoring Dustin. And M Dustin was for sure a vulnerable young man and who had problems. And could he have been grooming him into the perfect killing machine to kill his wife? So Michael takes a polygraph and he doesn't pass. They said he can't be cleared. Is it because he has an accent? Isn't <laughs> Is the polygraph only designed for people with American accents? I don't think that's right. Because the people in America have some thick accents as well. Some is it more like American phrasing of sentences? Maybe. Where it's double negatives and right. stuff and he, he just says, gets a little confused. Yeah, polywop. And they're like, right. what does that mean? I don't know. So Michael 
is now under suspicion. And we are now suspecting Michael. We've been first told it was the dentist. Then we were told it was Dr. John Pittman, the first husband. Now we're told it's Michael. And Dennis says, don't make your mind up yet. This case has more twists to come. Okay, there's our title. But I'm exhausted, Dennis. What is going on? Because it's really hard to figure out at the beginning. Yeah, and you might need a whiteboard. So almost a year passes. Michael convinces his wife, Tracy, to go on the Montel Williams show. I bet that was one of the twists Dennis knew we would not see coming was Montel Williams. And she thought this is a way to get the story out there. We can get more clues about this second attacker and why Dustin did this. So they go on the show and they're holding hands like a happily married couple and they're asking for help from the public. However, Tracy says she already had doubts about Michael at that time because someone had gossiped to her that he had failed his polygraph. And he had never told her about that. So now she thinks it's her husband, Michael. And she realizes, I met him online. And then we got married after 18 days of knowing each other. Was this a 90-day fiancé situation? Yeah, what's going on? And he needed his green card from Australia. I don't know. Maybe he was already a U.S. citizen, but that's what it rings. That's what it sounds exactly like the plot's a 90-day fiancé. It's odd. Okay. So she's like, what do I even know about him? And then she realizes that the computer business that he ran was in trouble and she had millions of dollars in life insurance. So he would benefit from her death. I'm sorry. They already have children together, right? Two children. Yeah. She has Bert from the first marriage and then they have two together. Yeah. But they've been married a minute. They have a while at this point. Yeah. Okay. So three years after the attack, it's now 2004, which I can't believe they met online in 20 in 2000 you keep wanting to say 2004 2001 (laughs) they met in like 19 late 90s online so it must have been like a chat room AOL remember yeah those those no they had like those chat rooms for all sorts of interests and stuff yes my friends would go in them and talk to people that were probably predators predators yeah a thousand percent Mm -hmm. so she divorces Michael and gets an order of protection against him because she thinks he tried to kill her And then as suddenly as she'd arrived, Tracy left to go to Nebraska with the kids. And you know a stylish woman like Tracy travels in style. Honestly, in the case of traveling with style, who really knows better than an actress and a model like the forever cool Shay Mitchell? But she is really just sort of like all of us when it comes to getting ready for a trip. Whether short or long, she was looking for ways to make travel a breeze. And that's why she created BASE, the perfect luggage that's fashionable and functional. BASE has thought of everything you could ever want in a piece of luggage. 360-degree gliding wheels, a cushioned handle, built-in weight indicator, washable bags for your dirty clothes, and all the interior pockets you need to keep organized. I love interior pockets. Base luggage comes in multiple sizes and colors, and for shorter trips, the Weekender bag is super functional. It even has a place to store your shoes separately. Little known fact, but I am constantly taking mini trips to see my sister and nieces who live an hour away, and so a lot of times I stay the night. And the Weekender bag has been my lifesaver. I can pack everything I need easily with room to spare for a one to two night visit, even my blow dryer in the separate compartment. 
And it's so stylish that I walk a little extra slow from my car to her apartment door. Who is that girl with the incredible fashion sense? Well, it's Shay Mitchell for creating Base, but it's also me now. Every piece from Base is made to look better with miles, so you don't have to worry about it in the cargo or overhead or in the trunk of your maybe not so clean car. Base has over 30,000 five star reviews for a reason. So, whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through security lines, Base has your personal items covered. Right now, Base is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash date dateline. Go to basetravel, that's B E I S travel.com slash date dateline for 15% off your first purchase basetravel.com slash date dateline. So remember, when it comes to hitting the road, you know it's all about the base. No trouble, travel. Thank you so much, base. Thank you, base. Seriously, I can't live without base now. I'm really, really happy with my weekender bag. Thank We're you, base. Thank you, base. So Tracy moves to Nebraska. Again, another, I think, a small town. Yeah. She changes her name there. To what? I don't I don't They know. don't tell Lacey. us and it drives me crazy. She says it's because Michael was still harassing her. And so she has put herself into Witsec, basically. Meanwhile, Start Mona with. is grieving the loss of Dustin still. And then Dustin's father kills himself at Dustin's grave. My God. I can't. Poor Mona. How much more can this woman endure? That's horrendous it's horrible and she still doesn't understand what dustin was doing there that night he loved the roberts he had no gun or knife with him so she didn't think he intended them any harm and she also says their house because michael ran a computer business their house was filled with dells and gateways and he stole a crappy old packard bell obsolete piece of junk and dennis says an old beater computer i love it it's so cute. So he went out and loaded it in his car and then went back in the house to attack Tracy. No. Why is that the one random old junky computer that he would steal? To me, she this thinks- is when I got really suspicious. I'm like, oh, no, that was a gift. He was yeah. given that computer. Mm-hmm. He probably came over there that night. Michael wasn't there to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Someone else promised it to him, maybe. Uh-huh. Let, yeah, yeah, just come by and get it. Yeah. Something is weird here. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel like he stole it. It feels like yeah. it was a lure to get him there. So then Mona learns that Dustin was shot nine times. And she yeah. thinks that's not self-defense. No. That's an execution. Yeah. Seven years pass since the attack. Mona gets a call that a new investigator is looking at the now cold case. And he's very suspicious of Tracy. He is Special Agent Trent Valletta. Good name. I know. It's like Beretta. Agent Valletta realizes he knows nothing about Tracy before the year of 1988, which was the year she married her first husband, Dr. John Pittman. So he does some investigating. It's like she didn't exist before that. But also the internet didn't exist really before that. So maybe it's harder. I don't know. I feel like she maybe had a previous identity. Yeah. Allegedly. Mm -hmm. So he does some investigating. He realizes that in that relationship, Tracy was the abusive one according to Dr. John Pittman, who appears on Dateline. Yes. 
which I was not expecting him to appear nope, on Dateline. Me neither. He said she pulled a gun on me, and she said, you're never leaving this house alive. She fired the gun into the ceiling. He called the cops. He was so suspicious of her that he hired a PI to follow her, and the PI got photos and proof that she was cheating on him and hanging out with male exotic dancers. Now, she had said that he was cheating on her and hanging out with female exotic dancers. But she's hanging out with male exotic dancers and cheating. So the PI said, you're in danger, John. She fired a gun in the ceiling. Next thing it goes over your head. Next thing it goes into your head. So you need to get out of there. Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about this old wedding photo that they keep showing of Tracy Mm -hmm. from her first marriage. Mm -hmm. And she looks like David Bowie-ish. Like she has like 70s, 80s style, like labyrinth kind of hair. But she's doing this like blue steel model look at like... At the camera. Every shot of Tracy, she's doing that. In her wedding dress, she's like giving those like eyes and that she wants to murder you. Like in her wedding dress. Danger eyes? Danger eyes. But I do think she's had a glow up since from that wedding to present day when she gets attacked. She looks beautiful in those Sears photos. But currently, the look that we're seeing from Tracy is not as put together. And we'll find out the reasons for that later when she's being interviewed by Dennis. So they get divorced because John was scared of her. He thought she was going to kill him. They divorced. He says the court proved that he was never abusive to Bert. Child abuse investigators said that doctor was wrong. They did their own investigation and they exonerated him. So that's why he's able to file for custody for Bert. Because he was totally cleared of that. Mm-hmm. So Agent Valletta is studying this and studying the dentist thing. And she, he's like, why is everyone in the world attacking Tracy? Or is she just lying about all of this? Mm-hmm. The dentist said that that confession was a forgery. And she was extorting him for money. And then proceeded to sue him. Yeah. What the heck? I have an article on that. We'll get to it at the end. Oh, okay. So like she either wrote that and then said, I'm going to show this to everyone and ruin your life. Well, yeah, there is something, there was something that happened though. Did they have an affair? I'm going to save it. Okay. That's what I'm guessing. Is he an exotic dancer (laughs) on the side to get through dentistry school? So what about Michael, her current, well, ex-cousin now, but was her current husband at the time of the attack? He had been arrested once for putting her head through the drywall. Now, his version of the story is that she was kicking the wall and there was a heater behind it and he thought she was going to electrocute herself. So he grabbed her and pulled her away. He also says he was never abusive towards Bert. He spanked him a few times and that was it. He said he didn't harass Tracy after they left, after they separated, Mm -hmm. but she harassed him. In fact, This is more than harassment. She got him drunk, rolled him up in a king-size cotton sheet, and pinned him up with safety pins like a little Michael Burrito baby and pulled a plastic bag over his head. That's the scariest thing I've heard in a minute. That's terrifying. Yeah. But I don't think he would lie about this, that she did this to him. Yeah, that's true. That feels too specific. And not specific like the facts about... 
the attack by the dentist in a very different way. I don't know. You just sort of feel like that could happen. Yeah, maybe she could roll him up in a sheet and then put a plastic bag over his head. Even in a joke, that's really scary. Yeah. Mm. And got him drunk first. So she tried to suffocate him. Now, he did fail that lie detector test. Now, the new investigator realizes that the reason he failed was because he was super conflicted at the time about Tracy and her involvement. So if you are asked, do you know who the second intruder is? And you don't think there was a second intruder, that your wife made it up, and you say no, or then that might look like a lie. And if they ask things like, you know, who tried to kill your wife and you think she did, like it was a lie, then that question is going to, it's all going to look weird. Oh, that's totally, yep, that's right. So Agent Valletta says that he thinks Michael's innocent and that Tracy, she's the problem, it's her. It's always been Tracy. So Tracy had moved, but she had kept in touch with Mary, her old friend, and Mary had a list of all the phone numbers that Tracy would change every time and she would cross it out. How many times is she changing her numbers? Mary, this is a toxic friendship. Yeah, you need to get out of this. You need to get out of this friendship. If your friend has had more than five phone numbers in 10 years, that's a huge red flag. More than two phone numbers in 10 years. And more than three or four names. Yeah, unless they're actually in WITSEC, and then that's fine. But then you wouldn't be able to talk to them anyways. Witness protection doesn't like that sort of thing. So Mary felt like she knew something she didn't know that she knew, and she was scared Because what would Tracy do when she figured out that Mary knew something that she didn't know that she knew? Which is very confusing (sighs) phrasing to go along with this already confusing episode. But I get you. But we hear you, Mary. That's scary. Yeah. So Tracy had told Mary things that didn't add up. Like the second intruder was supposedly wearing a ski mask, but Tracy had described his face. The space where she said she reached, she says she reached for the safe got the gun and turned around and fired in very like John Wick move. It was only like 10 inches wide for the per the picture. There's no way like a person could fit there, let alone turn around and shoot a gun. And well, isn't that why in her original story, she had shot over her shoulder like a pro in a movie, seriously. And hit, the, and hit Dustin nine times out of 11, we later find out. Not at first. She only hit him a few and then hit him again. Right. Oh, no. Oh, no, you're right. Nine out of 11. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. And didn't hit the other person at all because wasn't the second intruder also in the room? Yes, exactly. So newly elected Sac County prosecutor Ben Smith is like 15 years old. He's very cute. He's wearing a shirt with long sleeves under short sleeves under long sleeves. You know that look? He's wearing a Fallout Boy shirt. It's, um, I mean, that's, that's not a joke. B-roll. That's a real thing. He's wearing a Fallout Boy T-shirt. But that's his B-roll, and when he's talking to Dennis, he's wearing a suit. Is that okay? I think it's fine. He's Kimberly a thinks it's fine. That's he's all that young matters. and cute. He's maybe bringing like a hipness to the county prosecutorial squad he's also having a really hard time not reenacting in his b-roll which we'll get to but he's having a really hard time not like reenacting surprise it's it's you can tell he's being told off screen like you don't have to do that much but as he's looking through his papers it's pretty good 
That's Amazing. Good. Though I have no problem with him. And also I'm glad because he really seemed to go for it with Gusto yeah, on this. He is yeah. young. He has a lot of energy and he's going for it. Mm-hmm. And he says, how could she possibly make all these shots to Dustin? Which she was crouched down. Sometimes she says she has her eyes closed and it was dark and she wasn't wearing her glasses. It was dark enough that she didn't know it was him, right? Exactly. And he says, like, he was in the National Guard, Ben Smith, the prosecutor, and he says, I couldn't do that. And she had also just gotten choked and passed out and then come to and then done this and two men are grabbing at her. And the story keeps changing also. So one time she said she crawled under the bed to open the safe. And then another time she was holding the door to the safe and the men grabbed her by her feet and pulled her and thus the door to the safe opened. Thanks, intruders. You helped me open this door. The safe gave me the most trouble from the very beginning. Mm. Because in her original story, when she's talking about going for the gun safe, She's like, I don't know how I managed to do it. She managed to get to it, as enter the combination yeah. as they're coming in the room. And in my thought was, is this a room that is the length of the house? Right. Are they at the other end struggling to get through the door or maybe they hit each other or whatever? I mean, is this a Three Stooges incident where one of them knocks the other on something mm-hmm. in the room because they can't see. And that's how she's able to open the safe in time because it makes zero sense that she's actually able to open the safe unless yeah. she's crouched down in this little tiny space mm-hmm. hiding and quietly entering the safe and they don't know she's in the room. Mm-hmm. That's the only way it makes sense, but that's not how she tells the story. No. And then she makes all of these amazing shots. Right. And then she gets the gun. And then when she first fires the gun, nothing happens and she freaks out. And then she realizes the safety is on. So again, they're still not getting to her. There's so much time for her. them. They were already attacking her. They would be there. It would be di- like, they what is there. happening? And like, they don't, they have no guns. They were pulling at her legs. They have a knife and they're yanking at her. No, they, I don't even think they had a knife. Okay, nothing, just hands. No, they just had hands. Okay. And pantyhose. And more about the pantyhose later. So Ben says it's like a choose your own ad- action adventure movie. Like the Matrix Wick. The Matrix John Wick. I don't know. I don't watch Keanu action action movie. There's another movie I'm thinking of where the bullet like moves and it's not the Matrix. And it's like someone moves the bullet. Harry Potter. No. Never mind. All right. So Ben reads in the files about the old computer that is found in Dustin's car and also a pink notebook, a pink spiral notebook that's found in the front seat. And the handwriting is crazy. Yep. It's worse than mine, and I don't think we've ever seen one that's worse than mine. It's worse than yours. And it's worse than my brother's. My brother's is also terrible. Your brother's is bad, too? What's it going on? It looks like he's in third grade. You're all really smart, so I have so many suspicions. I'm never going to judge again when I see someone with bad handwriting. I'm going to be like, they're a genius. <laughs> I have a suspicion that Dustin was also a genius. I think he might have been. This is very uh, like elaborate writing. It's kind of eccentric writing. Eccentric. It's mm-hmm. like a mad genius you would find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So Pink Spiral Notebook. It's Dustin's handwriting. It's written like a story. 20 years ago, a boy was born to a middle class family. And then one day a mysterious fellow sends the boy on a shocking mission to kill Tracy Roberts. So it's kind of written in third person, like this man approaches him and wants him to kill Tracy. And in this story, the mysterious fellow that wants him to kill Tracy is Dr. John Pittman, first husband. 
So it was Dr. Pittman that hired Dustin to kill Tracy. Not so fast. Cue the flying cows because we've got a twister up in here. Oh, my gosh. Dustin wrote things about Dr. Pittman that he shouldn't have known. He originally wanted to be a shrink, not a dentist. He liked to play mind games. Again, he's never met Dr. Pittman. He is the son of a realtor in this small town. He is being mentored by Michael. And he knows things about this first husband. It sounds like he has a grudge against this Dr. Pittman that he's never met. So the investigators think Tracy told him all of this or even dictated this story to him and had him write it down in his notebook. So Agent Valletta emails Tracy and does a little ruse. And he says, I'm going to talk to your exes. Can you describe them for me so I know what I have to look forward to? And she emailed back about Dr. Pittman that he would play, love to play mind games and that he wanted to be a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist is a huge red flag. Who would know that about it? The mind games is real easy. Lots of people say that. Yeah, that's true. Mind games is like a throwaway. The psychiatrist. That's the one. It has both of them. That's the one that carries the weight for me. But really, I have a lot of questions about the notebook. Was that the only writing in the notebook? It looked like to be several pages long. But was there stuff before it? It didn't seem to be at the front of it. I think it was the only thing in there. Which makes me think Tracy might have even bought it. So why is it written in paragraphs like that with the little Roman numerals on the side? Did you see that? Where there's it, like V, circle. And it was things. a long story. I don't think it was done in one day. That It does surprise me because my hand cramps up after a paragraph. So I have really bad hands. It's not normal. Handwriting. Think- you have really bad handwriting. What did you I said, say? You said you have bad hands. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, I know. Bad, That's what I'm saying. I have ba- bad hands. Bad handwriting, which no. makes it cramp because you're writing <laughs> dead. You think maybe it's just the way I hold my pen that causes both problems, the cramping and the handwriting that's so bad. I don't know. I'm going to have to observe. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure. There's some problem there. I don't know. But I did think because the paragraph seemed to be broken up that it did feel like it was a continuing story that wasn't all done in one day. Otherwise, I feel like it would just be all in one sheet without these paragraph breaks. I could see that. It's like a full line. I could see this being an ongoing process. Right. Yeah. Which means that he's not being groomed at all by Robert, He's being groomed by Tracy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So Dennis calls this a serpentine tale. Serpentine, babu. No one's getting that reference either. Serpentine. What is, he's telling him to run. Is yeah. it? What is it? Is it Wes Anderson? It's Archer. <laughs> there we go. Investigators and prosecutors think if she framed Dr. Pittman for murder, then she could get full custody of Bert and get that first ex out of the way. Dustin was collateral damage in her plan. One boy was dead because of the fight for another boy. It's really sad. Mona's mm. son was collateral damage so she could have her son. That's awful. The journal had never been made public by the investigators. So no one should know about the journal. And then Dennis confused me more than he's ever confused me. He says, but if Tracy created it, that then she obviously knew about it. So if investigators could prove she knew about it, then they could prove she created it. Get it? And when Dennis said, get it, I said, no. And I rewound, and then I got it on the second time. Can you explain it to those of so people <laughs> listening that might not understand? Yeah. 
I'll explain it for Joni. So no one should know about the journal. And if she knew about the journal, then she had a hand in creating the journal because otherwise she wouldn't know about the journal. So they had to prove that she knew about it to prove that she created it. It's also very odd that it's just placed on the back seat, right? Front seat. Front just nicely. Just here it is. It's not hidden. It's just placed there. Look at me. I'm bright pink. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So when the prosecutor, Ben Smith, tells Mary, the friend, I'm looking into the case again. There are some new things we're investigating. Mary blurts out, you don't mean that stupid notebook, do you? Oh. And Ben turns white. And he says, how do you know about the notebook? And Ben tells Dennis, I did get lightheaded because that was the final piece of the puzzle. Tracy had told Mary about this journal this which notebook, means she knew about it which means she knew about it which means she created it there we go or helped create it yep. so meanwhile tracy has gotten in trouble in nebraska where she currently lives for forging documents and lying about her identity which she seems to do with a plum She's so many con- questions so many questions she was convicted of perjury and they worry she's going to flee with a different pair of good art sunglasses in every state, because that's what I would do if I was trying to hide my identity. Oh, yeah. Or just have some really cool, really comfortable protection from the sun for your eyes. Absolutely. They have a million colors. They also have a million styles. I'll look totally different if I'm wearing this save a bull, ride a rodeo clown. Extreme wrap sunglasses for people who like extreme things. Yeah. Then I will if I'm wearing the it's octopuses, not octopi purple aviators, Hmm. which I just found out I can pull maybe pull off an aviator. Maybe Katie told me, but I think she's lying. But anyways, they have styles for everybody. Also, how funny are those names? I can't take it. The names are all fantastic. I just go through and just laugh. It just makes my day so much better. Also, I just discovered they have smaller sizes for people with smaller noggins. And the names of those are so brilliant. One of them is turn up for what? Nutrition. I love that. Spelled like turn. Get it? A turn up for nutrition. really cute. So funny. Every time I go to their website, I discover new fun sunglasses that I need. I have to have. And that's okay because they're only $25. So I can buy a bunch of them and put them everywhere. So I always have a pair in reach. They're also really good quality. They're lightweight and comfortable. You forget that you're wearing them. You don't feel them on your face, but they feel very sturdy at the same time. Like they're not going to break. They are 100% polarized. They don't slip or bounce if you're jogging or hiking or running from the law. They have a one-year warranty, 30-day free returns, 100% satisfaction guarantee, and they are a 100% carbon neutral company. I know some of you already love Good R. One of our listeners wrote us that she has five pairs right now and plans to get more, and so do I. They're great. I'm going to get one in every style. I love them so much. And if you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Good R is giving a date with Dateline listeners free shipping on your first order. Ooh. We're going to put a note in our show notes as usual. You can go to goodr.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline to get free shipping. Good R offers a 30 day money back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. You will be satisfied though. Find your pair at goodr.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline to get free shipping. Yes. Good are the best sunglasses. Good are great. Check them out. Thank you, Good R. We are obsessed 
with the Sunnies. It's the truth. Katie, I've spoken that Tracy had a bit of a glow up from her first wedding to her second wedding. Mm -hmm. And then she later has a glow down, Mm -hmm. which might be hashtag prison life. I'm guessing. Could you tell us how we could all get that middle ground, that middle glow up? I can teach you how to glow this summer. Yeah. For sure. And that's by using Thrive. But did you know that glow ups on the outside, whether big or small, Start with what's on the inside. I'm talking about ingredients, people. Thrive Cosmetics creates certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free beauty products made with clean, skin-loving ingredients. No parabens, no sulfates, no phthalates. And they do this all without compromising performance. One of my very favorite products from Thrive Cosmetics Actually, no, one of my favorite products, period, is the Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint from Thrive. Mine was missing from my purse a few weeks ago, and I panicked until I remembered I let my niece who was looking for a lip balm borrow it, and she never gave it back to me. Sure enough, she told me yesterday that she loves the Thrive Lip Tint I gave her, and it's her new favorite. So now she's got the mascara and the lip tint going. It's going to be time for me to order more. And look, I get it because the Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint hydrates lips with just a hint of tint that applies evenly and it lasts for up to six hours. It has effortless application and its lightweight, balmy, non-sticky formula hydrates lips to make them visibly smoother and softer. And the Sheer Strength Hydrating Lip Tint has six tints to choose from. My niece is now the proud owner of what was formerly my Melissa. That color is like the perfect pinky brown. I have already used up an entire tube of the Cara, a more like rose tint, but I'm going to try the Rowan for the rest of this summer into the fall. And that's the deepest berry tone of the shades. I'm very excited. And it's not just about the amazing products when it comes to Thrive Cosmetics. Cause is in the name for a reason. As part of Thrive's mission, every purchase you make supports organizations that help communities thrive, such as those battling domestic abuse, homelessness, cancer, and more. So what are you waiting for? It's hot out there, folks. Stay hydrated and keep those lips hydrated as well. You have to try Thrive to see for yourself. And right now you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash date dateline. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash date dateline for 20% off your first order. Trust your glow up to a cosmetics company with some serious glowing reviews. I'm looking at you, Thrive. Thank you, Thrive. (laughs) Thank you, Thrive. So Tracy is in Nebraska, has a new man. I'm worried for him. Yeah, And yeah. she's driving around in his truck when she is pulled over, a bunch of men with guns, and she is arrested for the murder of Dustin. Mona thought it would never happen. And now we know why Tracy has had some white stripes in her hair and glasses and no makeup on in her interview with Dennis. Yeah. Because she's been in jail. There we go. Youngin, Ben... Smith is prosecuting with the help of a veteran prosecutor. It's like senior and rookie. It's like a buddy cop movie movie, and they're prosecuting together. It's very cute. I think that Ben's really ambitious and excited. And so maybe they're just trying to be like, okay, son, this is 
early Iowa. Yeah. We need to just keep that in mm-hmm. a box a little bit. But he's mm-hmm. so explosive. They're worried he's going to. And why are you wearing a shirt with long sleeves under a shirt with short sleeves? Because he's young. He's letting us know that he's young. Yeah. So Mona testifies that Tracy had asked Dustin to come over alone while Michael was out of town to do some jobs for her. So she had invited Dustin over. Hmm. And they think Dustin took down that dictation in the journal because they they think it happened that night. I don't know if the whole thing happened that night, but they found a black pen in his pocket that matched the writing in the journal when he was killed. So they think he was working on it that night. She was dictating it to him. They don't know exactly, but that's what they think happened. Weird. How would you explain what you're doing to him? I think, We're going to write a story? What? Yeah. I don't know. It's like when detectives are like, okay, so, so you didn't kill her, but let's just walk through what it would look like if you did kill her. Let's say you're having a dream where you killed her. What would that be like? And then the person just like walks through this whole dream. I mean, there's no chance she was holding him at gunpoint, right? No, I don't think so. But it's, you never know. It's really bizarre. I think he was confused and lost and he really respected that family and- Maybe he had a little crush on her, too. She's pretty hot. She's this, like, older lady paying him attention. Maybe. Okay, I don't know. It's just a weird scenario to picture how that actually happened. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So Dr. John Pittman, her first ex, testifies that he never hired Dustin. He never knew Dustin. Mary testifies, Tracy told me in the car there was a pink spiral notebook that would prove that John Pittman did this. Hmm. That's what Tracy told her. That was a big slip up, Tracy. And Mary is also looking at Tracy in court like, is my old friend in there? No, Mary. She's not. And she never was there. Mary isn't here, Mrs. Torrance. (laughs) (laughs) So creepy. So Dennis, oh, by the way, Dennis has been popping up all over the house. All of a sudden, he's just like there talking to you. And he's like in the foyer. He's on the porch. He's in the upstairs. I don't know. I liked it. He's just like, and I'm Dennis Murphy still here at this house. Reporting from Iowa. Yeah. On the porch in the foyer. He says the motive was to slime the ex-husband. Slime as a verb. Slime as a verb. He's watching a lot of Nickelodeon. That's great. Double dare. Yeah, he's family double dare the ex-husband to get custody of Bert. Hmm. So she was going to lure the young Dustin into her web and then dispose of him. There's no signs of a break-in or a robbery. The EMT at the scene said that the marks on her neck were not consistent with strangulation by pantyhose, and they thought she did it herself. The EMT on the scene was very suspicious. But how does the EMT know what a pantyhose strangulation looks like is the better question. How would you know specifically what that item looks like? In a town of 500 people. How often is that happening? So a forensic expert used the prosecutor, Ben Smith, as a model and takes him and throws his head down on the jury box's banister railing thing. And is holding him down and moving him around and shoving him to the side to show all of the shots that went into poor Dustin and showed how she had shot him as he was running away. She had chased him down and the final shots were in the back of his head. There's no way that he was trying to get up, which both Bert and Tracy said he had been trying to like lunge at them and get up again and come at them. And 
she had to shoot him more times and prosecutor Ben says he's not a zombie. So I don't know how he was. He had been shot multiple times, nine times. The blood spatter shows that Tracy had waited 15 minutes before firing the last bullets into his head. That's quite some time. That's a lot of time. So was she choking herself in that meantime, convincing Bert? What happened? I just don't. I don't understand any of this, and I don't it's, understand where Bert's mind is. But we'll get to Bert. In well, a Bert it was an eleven-year-old, easily influenced by his mom, clearly, and so I think that she had got him to lie about a lot of things. Okay. Or he didn't know he was lying. She convinced him of that. that's it. So Mary testified that she heard Bert very upset. One day, he was hitting his head on the table out of frustration, and he said, why did you go back up there? Why did you go back up there? You didn't have to shoot him. You didn't have to kill him. There we go. But she did. She did have to kill him because he was going to be an eyewitness that this woman shot me in her house. Yeah. Her defense says, why would she plan this when her children were at home? Because she's a bad person. Well, because she, yeah. The journal, they say, is a red herring and irrelevant to the case. It doesn't prove anything. It's just a story. Also, why did Mary never mention the journal at the beginning? What? Well, she was, she didn't know she knew something that she knew. Oh, I can't. No, we have to stop this. The crime scene, they say, was contaminated. They had lost evidence and botched things. They had stepped in blood. They had... They didn't do a good job, which is not surprising in a small town where there's probably very, very rarely a murder. There's 500 so, people total. Exactly. You can't afford a murder. Yeah, they really can't. Yeah. So they say the second attacker was another person altogether, a man who was having an affair with Mona. Mona, Dustin's mom, was maybe sleeping with this man, and he broke up with her and skipped town right after the attack. Okay, this feels like you're just slandering Mona for no reason, just dragging her through the mud. Yeah. After her husband died in the cemetery. This is horrible. And why would this random guy do it? What would his motive be? He wanted Dustin out of the way? I don't get it. I don't know. So he set up an elaborate thing where Tracy would kill him? That makes no sense. It's a lot like the case we just did where it's just so elaborate for an unknown reason. Yeah. So Mona admits that Dustin was difficult, but not violent. And she says she had never told Tracy that. So remember, a lot of the stuff we had heard about how scary Dustin was, was from Tracy. Right. Who is the most unreliable of witnesses. So it's possible Dustin was just troubled and not violent or scary at all. Absolutely. And was just a patsy in this whole thing. Which is really messed up that she's saying that. Yes. And then to cry and say, I feel so badly that I had to kill Dustin because he was killing me. I had to, but I feel so badly. Yeah. So then we see the scene where Bert is in a mirror. Bert is now 21. He's in a mirror and he's showing off this full torso tattoo he has. And it's like a demon and a guardian angel and his mom. And the mom is the hero. I feel like he needs to switch all the heads around. I think he thinks the hero is the mom and the guardian angel and there's a demon. Switch the heads of the mom and the demon. And I think they were very religious too. So Well, they say that at the beginning and I'm waiting for it the whole time. And then we see some book off the side of the bed that I see the words B-I-B, which I'm assuming is Bible something study. I don't know. 
Yeah, maybe that's why they moved there to like find a good church community or something. That's a re- but why don't they tell us that? Why are yeah. they leaving the entire religion part out of this? Get episode? away from those heathens in Chicago. Yeah, you heard me, Chicago. Yeah, they're not worshiping right. Exactly. I'm just kidding. So Bert testifies that Dustin attacked them and said, "Your mom is dead, and you're next." So, huh? It, and he says he tries to it- get. He's in his room with the bat. Dustin yeah. opens the door. He at one point says he saw two men attacking his mom and pulling her by the hair into the other room or something. His story changes a lot, I think, about what he saw that night, which makes sense because he's 11 and it was <sighs> traumatic. Absolutely. But also makes sense if someone's maybe feeding him information or, yeah. I don't even know if she needs to feed him information at this point. It's more about what happened immediately after. How much was he fed that right. night? Yeah. Dustin, he tried to get back up when his mom shot him again. And Tracy was crying in court when she sees her son. He looks like a lovely young man. I do feel really, really bad for I him. feel really this bad for Bert, horrendous. too. This is rough. The prosecutors say Bert is coming up with new dramatic details now that are totally different than what he said back then. Not Tra- surprised. Not Again, surprised. Not surprised. Tracy mouths, I love you, to Bert. She kind of gave me the willies. And Tracy does not take the stand, which is a great idea. Thank you. Because she doesn't do well under Dennis Murphy's scrutiny. She does okay. We've seen worse. We've seen worse. First of all, she's crying to Dennis and dabs at her tears with a washcloth. And then Dennis points out that it's a washcloth. Dennis was that (laughs) shit. Also, it is interesting that like, are they not allowed tissues in jail? Side question. Why wouldn't Dateline give them tissues? I don't know. Not allowed. And contraband. So it is interesting that they go from, she didn't testify in court, but they, but she did agree to answer some of Dateline's questions. The minute she said that, I was like, oh, I know exactly how this is going to go. Because Dennis is going to go, bam, 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 yep. bam, bam. And yep. he's going to lay it all out really fast to try to trip her up because that's Dennis's style. Yep. Which I don't know if there's – there's few things in Dateline I enjoy more than Dennis interviewing yep. a murderer or suspected murderer. Yep. It's brilliant. He starts off, you fired 11 times and hit Dustin nine times. How is that possible? How did you do he's that? like, how is that not an execution? I mean, yeah. he's bringing out the big guns yeah. right away. Just He wasn't retreating it. from you, you know? And wow. or, she says, he was retreating from you. And she says, no, he wasn't. And he says, well, how did you grab the gun and shoot it over when they're pulling you by your legs, the two attackers? And she says, all I can say is that they were attacking me and that's all i can swear on so she even backs off on the previous claim that they were pulling her legs as she was trying to get into the safe because she knows backed off in two seconds of dennis's questions she knows she's gonna get it wrong yeah and she doesn't want to tell a fifth story or whatever that Mm -hmm. makes sense so she he says bert said that your hands were tied with pantyhose that makes it hard to understand the things that you say you did how did you open the safe like this and he puts his hands together his wrists together and she, and is like how did you open the safe like this which is a really good point and she says i don't think i ever said they were bound and dennis says well you know were they or not and she says well i thought it was like they were wrapped around my arm or something which makes not Ma'am. a lot of sense Ma'am. 
And Dennis says, the injuries to your neck look to be from a sawing back and forth, an abrasion, not enough for you to pass out. Did you fake it? <laughs> and she says, that's ridiculous and hurtful. He's bringing out the hurtful word, too. Bringing out hurtful. Hurtful to make you hurt for her. Also, we can't say sawing and neck after hereditary. We won't be using those two words in the same sentence anymore, (laughs) Dennis. But you didn't know that. Hereditary hadn't come out yet. I don't even remember that part. She says, I'm prone to blacking out because of my low blood pressure. Or maybe I blacked out because of fear, but I couldn't breathe. That's all I know. So there's three different stories you just said. Why, Why don't, don't you just, just stick, stick with, with no, it wasn't me. abrasive. They were incorrect. That was, I was strangled. Right. Because now you're backing off on that. And you were apparently having trouble breathing when the EMTs got there. That's what you said. So she doesn't do great being confronted. It's probably no. why they didn't put her on the stand because she does tend to kind of back off and switch and change mm-hmm. and dodge. And very nervous. She's fidgety. She's pursing her lips a lot, licking her lips a lot, biting her lips. It's a lot of lip stuff. She's just, she seems nervous. Yeah. She's giving off nervous energy. Again, it's like she's backing off that they actually strangled her with pantyhose and saying maybe she passed out because she was nervous or because of her blood pressure. Backing yeah. off the. And so are you saying like they raked the pantyhose back and forth over your neck? Like, why would they possibly do that? Why would you? Someone did something to you because you have those rug burns on your neck. Those really hot pink marks. So why would these two, a strapping young 20-year-old and a grown man who we still don't know who he was, mysterious, doesn't exist. These two guys weren't capable of strangling you with pantyhose, but they just ran the pantyhose back and forth and gave you a rug burn on your neck. I just don't know why. What? How does it behoove her to back off on that? She needs to Not double down on that. Well, she needs to hold fast to her story, period. She needs to pick the one she wants to stick to and stick to it. Yeah. Did Bert see a second man? He says he saw a second man, and he says he heard two men's voices. That's right. The hearing two men's voices, I remember. Okay. Yeah. So she says her relationship with her ex, Dr. John Pittman, was cordial, and she wasn't in danger of losing Bert, so she had no reason to frame him. But they were in court for it. Okay. Also, why was it cordial if you accused him of abusing your son? That's not, that's the furthest thing from cordial. So, that's we don't speak. And then also, I think I forgot to say this, but she sent Bert back to live with Dr. John Pittman after she and Michael broke up. Wow. Which is strange. So Dennis says, the phrases are the same from your email and your journal about John Pittman. And she says, well, it's the same topic, but not the same words. It said mind games, and it said mind games, and one said shrink, and the other said psychiatrist. That's all basically the same words. Shrink is slang. And then Dennis goes, isn't that quibbling? Didn't it say something about plastic surgery? Did I make that up? I think he was a plastic surgeon, but he wanted to be a psychiatrist. That's the kind of doctor Dr. Pittman was? I think so. I didn't see that for him. I didn't Interesting. And then Dennis says, isn't that quibbling? Which I love. Dennis Quibbling. Quibbler. And Tracy says, I'm, well, the thing, and then she gets very flustered. I'm not the only one who knew those things about him. Michael knew those things too. So she's saying, Michael fed that information and the stuff in the journal to Dustin. 
And now she's saying Michael is the manipulator. Michael was trying to get her killed and frame John Pittman so that A, he would get her killed and get her life insurance. Mm -hmm. And B, he would not be the primary suspect because John Pittman would be the primary suspect. So he got his protege, Dustin, to murder her and maybe sent a second man because she's still saying there's a second man. So oh she's God. saying the whole thing was a mastermind thing, but it was done by Michael, her current so husband at the time. When does, is this the time that she's now blaming Michael or was she blaming Michael a while ago and I forgot? Because she's blaming people. No, this is the people. first time. She says, okay. I've been thinking about it over the years and I now think Michael's the one who... First, she thought it was the dentist. Then she thought it was John. Now she thinks it's Michael. Whoever looks like they could have done it. But this yeah. doesn't look... Cor- okay. All right. The only connection is Michael was the mentor of Dustin. And the other two men didn't even know Dustin. Okay. And so, still, they're not going to court immediately over Bert, right? Not immediately, but they were in litig- They were in discussions and hearings the whole process was not resolved so it seems like she did this for both of the court cases that she was currently involved in so if it blamed one one court case would be taken care of and if it blamed the other the other court case would be taken care of is that right so if it blames the dentist that court case is done if they blame dr Pittman, that court case is done and now she's blaming michael because she's just trying to save her butt yeah okay got it and because he's saying she was shady so saying bad things about her now she is shady. So Michael says, I didn't do it. But the one thing I do need to apologize for is for, to Dustin's family and Mona, because they had to spend the past 10 years thinking he was not only killed, but that he was a killer. And I contributed to that by defending Tracy for those years. And he's so sorry for that. That's nice of you, Michael. Good yeah. job. Now, Tracy is found guilty. And she starts sobbing. And then Bert, who's sitting there, starts crying, too, because he really believes his mom is innocent. Justin's sisters make statements at her sentencing, and they're crying. It's very sad. And she gets life in prison. And Mona is happy that finally she got justice for Dustin after all these years. Bert Mm. obviously still thinks his mom is innocent and that she's she's in jail wrongfully. And the prosecutor says that... She was manipulating Bert and he doesn't blame Bert. He's like, he was a kid. It was his mom. I would do the same thing for my mom. And then Dennis says, so at the end, so at the end of things, maybe it's really the other way around. For so long, Tracy had told the story of a mother protecting her children. But perhaps the real story is the tale of a loyal son protecting his mother trying and ultimately failing to shield her from herself. Ooh, what Dennis. Is, I don't even know what that means. But that's good, Dennis. It's good, Dennis. But again, I'm also confused and I did have to rewind a couple times. Why? What are you confused about? That was good. Well, she's been saying that he was trying to, she was trying to protect her son. But, but really. The son is trying to protect her from herself. Yeah. Well, that's just poetic. I could see myself doing that, being like the son trying to protect the mom. Oh, from herself. Like, it feels like a good, do you know what I'm saying? It feels, yeah. it feels good. Yeah. I hear you. B-roll bonanza. So much B-roll. 
oh, Tracy has so many headshots, glamour shots. Can you do like a, a bunch <laughs> of them for the face. Instagram? She's very photogenic. She is. But there's so many glamour shots. Yeah. I mean, they're all of her in like soft Elizabeth Taylor white yes. diamonds mm-hmm. with red lipstick and some, and there's one with like a curl down yeah. the front. I mean. <laughs> I'll try to find them all. But there's like 30, it feels like. Every time she's in a picture, What it's I really like want smolder. is the first wedding photo from the yeah. first wedding, the labyrinth one, and then yeah. the Sears one, and then the current with the white stripe through her hair that you know is driving her crazy, that she's going gray and she can't fix it. Yeah, probably. In prison. Mm-hmm. Michael looking out at the beach. Michael working on his home computer with one of those headsets that receptionists wear. Or gamers. Or gamers. Or he's maybe doing like a conference. Yeah. Diner B-roll at the little diner where the gossip town was going crazy, where they're scooping ice into cups. Oh, that makes sense. Ice B-roll. Did you see the picture of Michael and Tracy where Michael's arm is not quite touching her shoulder? It's like, it's like he doesn't want to touch her. (laughs) It's not great. It's not a good photo. There's B-roll of the sheriff fixing his pocket, the front pocket on his uniform repeatedly, and he can't get it to flatten down. And it's like when Mrs. Peacock has that feathered headpiece that keeps getting her face and she can't get out. Get get out. That's such a great moment. It's like this pocket. Can't get the pocket down. Mona looking out the window, and it's one of those windows like in that episode the window it's a loft window it's rear window yeah she's in some sort of warehouse loft which is apparently is also where special agent Valetti works so this may possibly the same warehouse he had on his desk was that a vase made out of paper mache he had about four things on his desk one was a brown box of files the tiniest laptop i've ever seen and some somebody made him that vase yeah so uh, but that's it in a warehouse so he works alone and it's in secret <laughs> <laughs> and Mona's sitting outside with two dogs. One is yes, huge she... and one is little. Yeah, I'm into those big dogs. Michael walking on the beach with his and Tracy's kids. So now he has full custody of Tracy's, of his two kids with Tracy. Which we barely hear anything about. The one of them was there that night. I think both were, but we don't hear, we only hear they were very young. So yes. Bert's the only one we hear from. Mm-hmm. And we don't see the kids' faces on the beach, I think. So that's nice. Well, let's talk about Ben Smith really quick. Prosecutor Ben Smith acting surprised when he's reading. <laughs> I think it's what appears to be the pink journal or something that looks like it. And he's looking at it and he does sort of like a, oh, you need to look it up. I'll try to find the time. And he sort of looks surprised. And then he really quick writes something down. Oh no God. one ever does this, Ben Smith. You don't know that. But I do appreciate you going the extra mile. You know, it was good. We don't really praise the detectives and prosecutors on this show enough for how natural they appear in their B-roll. They don't appear to be acting. They just shuffle papers. They type on their computers. They drive. Whatever they're doing, it never looks like they're acting for the camera. Until Until Ben Until Ben Ben Smith. But Ben Smith was just also in a very stodgy office. Lots of leather-bound books. And then he's in his Fallout Boy t-shirt. And I think that the shirt was a choice in reaction to where he knew he was going yeah. to be filmed. Yeah. And I think he was probably like, can I get my skateboard in the shot? Can I get it in the shot? There was a vibe there with him. Yeah, I'm a fan. I like it. Yeah. We also see Bert on the dock of a bay really quick. That was good. Oh, a dock of the bay. At the end. Feet off. We haven't seen that in a second. And I love that. I love, love feet off. Mm-hmm. 
Dennis is in a very nice suit, by the way. He yes. is more casual now in Henley shirts, but he dressed up all the time back then. I forgot. Or maybe this is just this episode and I'm making a generalization. I think he doesn't want to be the only one dressing up anymore. Andrea's in jeans. Yeah. Keith is in jeans a lot of the time. But Mank is always dressed up. Sometimes Mank is just in a polo, but he's always in a sport coat. Yeah. Dennis is, he's, he's enough enigma. just the way he is. He's hard to pin down. Yeah, He's he a is. man that flies by the seat of his own pants. Yeah. Is that the expression? Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow. Titles. Yeah. This was terrible for me. Okay. I actually have two that I like. Oh, you do? Okay. That's good. I have early aughts not to have done that. It's not good. Oh, you hate that expression, the aughts. I sure I did. Hold up. <laughs> then I have lots of Aussie, Aussie, Aussie hairspray. Nice. Because her hair's a lot. Her hair's a lot in every photo, not just the labyrinth photo. She's very proud of it, you can tell. And it's a lot of hairspray. Yeah. Go Um, ahead. What do you have? What are your good ones? Well, I was trying to play around gray hair, prison care. There we go. Or if I, gray hair giveaway, because it's a a prison giveaway. Oh, that's good, Kimberly. So we might use that in the future. Yep, that's good. Don't try to pantyhose Dennis. Because I think if you're trying to hose someone, that's like great. You're trying to yep, it's great. Mm-hmm. Justice came late in early. Drop the mic right this minute. Thank you. She did it. Thank you. I was actually thought that was one she of She did that favorite. elaborate recap and then comes up with the title of the century. I've been in a very slow, slow decline of my titles. And now I'm back on I'm back. You're on back top. on top. Also, we totally stopped doing Housewives titles. <laughs> Housewife intros, because I don't know why we stopped. They were hard. If you guys want to send them to us, we would be more than happy to do yours. Was it because it was hard? I thought they were very hard for me. They, you're they were, good at they them. were pretty hard. No, I, they, I am not good at them. But It's hard to bring in new things. <laughs> but agree. this would have been a good one to do a real housewife turnaround line. So if anyone has one, let us know. Oh, I have one. I have one. Okay, ready? Turnaround. Glamour shots. Over my shoulder in the dark. <laughs> Not bad. I like it. You just came up with that. Yeah, I did. What, what I don't understand, because she did say she was going over her shoulder. Yeah, she says she reached for the safe or she crawled under the bed for the safe and then kind of did one of those like pew pew over her shoulder. Yeah, it's really like that doesn't happen. And made all of those shots. It's what does the weird. prosecution actually think happened? That she lured him there. And then what? I don't know how she got, even got him upstairs to the bedroom. That was a little disappointing because they said that the prosecution was going to walk us through what happened that night and they really didn't walk it through. Yeah. And I was like, I would actually really like to know. Sorry, let's go ahead and go with my outside information. Is there though. any chance she's like innocent and this actually did happen? Do you think that happened? No. Okay. I'm just wondering if there's anyone out there that in, is listening to us that does believe in her. Oh, I'm sorry. Tell us why. Yeah. So if there's some huge piece of evidence here that we've missed. So this is from the Sioux City Journal. This is about the dentist. Chicago oral surgeon, I'm not going to say his name because they didn't say it on Dateline, says he hasn't spoken to Tracy Richter in a decade. During those years, he's tried to get past an evening in a dentist chair. He says that he says seduction, laughing gas, and forged documents to create an extortion plot for which he still feels angry and stupid. So, seems as though there was some sort of like a one-night tryst, I'm guessing. And, and they did use laughing gas. 
And they did use laughing gas. Mm-hmm. And then she claimed this So stuff. she accused him. Mm-hmm. And he, in turn, sued her for extortion because she was using that to get money out of him. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she forged that letter mm-hmm. and then faxed it to her husband for some reason. I don't know if she forged it. Or made him write it. Yeah, it was some sort of like silly, sexy game joke, you know? I don't know. Ooh, this is crazy. This is a much more in-depth article. All right, wow. Victor volunteered to help him run his practice, and the two became friendly after she spent time in his office. He took her out on dates occasionally and removed a lesion from inside her mouth. One night, he said she showed up in his office dressed nicely, smelling of perfume, and saying it was her fantasy to do the deed in the dentist chair while high on laughing gas. No. After they took laughing gas, he let Richter inject him with a drug (gasps) he believes was versed, which caused sedation, which causes sedation and memory loss. He says the last thing he remembered was Richter carrying a box of medical supplies with a napkin so she wouldn't leave fingerprints while he lay there. He woke up at 4 a.m. in the dentist chair with an intravenous tube sticking out of his arm and she was gone. He found a contract written on his office letterhead with his signature the next day in his mailbox. The contract included in court records claiming that he agreed to pay her $150,000 in exchange for her agreeing not to sue him for sexual misconduct. Wow. That is insane. Wow. This is crazy. So that's why they were going to court because he was suing her. For extortion. Wow. Yeah. (gasps) Court records in Illinois show Richter abruptly dropped her lawsuit two days before Dustin died. So he didn't. Wow. The dentist said he agreed to settle the case for $6,000 in December 2001 on one claim. This is so messy. This is very messy. So he would have had no reason to kill her because the case had been dropped two days before. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And it says his four-year feud with Richter contributed to the loss of his private practice and the temporary suspension of his dental license. That's nuts. No, that's really bad. That's really Also, horrific. it was dumb if a lady that hot shows up at your door saying she wants to do it with you in your chair and use your gas. No, but they've been like hanging out and they'd gone on a couple of dates. I still think he's. Sh- that's very sad. He was a victim for sure. Yeah. Wow, that's really bad. It says that Richter had previously convinced him to sign letterhead so his assistants could scan his signature and send documents for him. She's devious, diabolical, and smart, and... This is diabolical. Yeah. Dennis would love this. I'm surprised Dennis didn't go into deeper detail on this. Yeah. Because this this is is all Dennis. This needed to be a three-hour. Yeah, it looks like they have all of these articles from the Sioux City Journal in Iowa about all this. Oh, it talks about her appeals, too, so if you're interested. Wow. So there is a paper. It's just the Sioux City Journal. Not the early. Early doesn't have their own paper. I think Sioux City might be their nearest big city. Sioux City might be where the Walmart is. Sioux City is big. Yeah, I've heard of Sioux City. Okay. Good job, Sioux City. I went to high school with her. Oh, just kidding. Sue City. (laughs) Stupid. That's a stupid joke. I'm embarrassed. We have to go. Please follow us on Instagram. Their jokes are funnier on our social media. I promise you. They're very good. And the accents are great because you can't hear them. You can't hear them. It's really good. Spot on. Apologies to all our Australian friends. We adore you all. 
mate. She just can't res- She can't stop herself. I'm sorry. It's like a weird I'm a tick. dumb American. That's all I know of Australia. It's and they have weird... giant spiders. They're too big. They have spiders that can eat snakes and birds. Is that a real thing? Is yes. that the internet made that up? No, I've seen pictures. I've, I've seen, seen pictures videos. too, but I feel like they're fake. No, it's horrible. I gotta That's go. That's too big. I can't talk about it. I gotta go. Okay, thank you everyone so much. Thank you, Kimberly, for the great recap. And be your own fallout boy. <laughs> right? Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. What does fallout boy sing? I wish I could think of one song. My songs know what you did in the dark. So light them up, 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 light them up, up, up. Dennis on fire. But if they're, look at, here's the deal. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those that will look at a picture, know that they look bad, but see that everybody else looks pretty good and know that that's the picture you have to pick. You have to know, okay, I just, Mm -hmm. I look bad. I look weird. Or the person that will insist, no matter if the majority of the people are blinking, winking, yawning, but they look great, will insist that that's the picture chosen. Two kinds Mm -hmm. of people. Which one mm-hmm. are you? Do some soul searching this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Australian. So he's talking about koalas over here, and they're like, what's a koala? A didgeridoo. A didgeridoo. And he's like, car? What's a car? <laughs> they're like, what kind of car do you drive, sir? Car? What's, what's a car? A car? <laughs> it's from VH1, I Heart the 80s, and I Heart the 90s, and Hal Sparks, who's a comedian, is talking about crocodile dundee and he's like they make crocodile they make australia seem like this land before time where it's like ka what's a ka like he wouldn't know what electricity is like he goes to the city and he's never seen a building right right yeah (laughs)